Welcome to the Midwest Film Nights Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Gojo. And I'm Nick. Today we are going to talk a little bit about plot and whether or not people are obsessed with it when reviewing movies. And we're also going to do a full review of Ridley Scott's The Counselor. Uh, I'll start off by saying, send any feedback to feedback at midwestfilmers.com. Let us know how we're doing. You know what? Send some encouraging thoughts. Send some send some constructive criticism. Send some note of anything. Send an emoticon. I just want to hear from you. I want to know that you're there. Because you're important to me. That we love you. Yeah. 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 Now Barry White. <laughs> Barry White on NPR. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, do that. Review us on iTunes, too. Give us some stars. Do all that. Um, so, to start off our stars. discussion today, the... <laughs> no, no Resident Evil. No, no. no. This shit is custom. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this comes from a reddit.com slash r slash true film uh, topic. The title is The Current Obsession with Plot and Why I Hate It by user A113ER. Or A113-er. Um, basically what it boils down to is he feels as though people will use a lack of plot or plot holes to just completely invalidate a movie. Or sit down and say something like The Master or The Tree of Life or uh, Upstream Color. Movies of that ilk uh, just end up getting the raw end of the stick because they don't have a coherent story or a plot that you can follow as easily. And uh, I think that's kind of an interesting topic to talk about, particularly with uh, with the counselor as our, our main review here. And so I think some of this discussion could come up later, too. But, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I gave you guys kind of a preview of his thoughts. I'll kind of say right here, I'll read this paragraph from it, because I think it's kind of one of the most important ones. But he says, maybe it's a modern, uh, not a modern thing, criticizing plot. And he said... There will always be people who will only criticize plot, but I don't think that's the case. When people talk about Jurassic Park, they say how seeing dinosaurs filled them with one dinosaurs filled them with wonder, and that the rippling water in a cup was incredibly suspenseful the first time they saw it. They don't say, quote, it was stupid. Why wouldn't Richard Attenborough do background checks on his computer guy if this park was so important? End quote. How stories are told is infinitely more important than the story, but a lot of people don't seem to see it this way anymore. Jurassic Park is a perfect example of a story-driven film. Yet even in that case, the story is secondary to the filmmaking. The reason it's one of the best adventure films is because of how Spielberg shoots it. That is such an interesting example. Yeah. It's not at all what I would have thought I of. Think it, I think it kind of it, it beautifully illustrates what he's feeling, but as to whether or not um, he realizes the implications of it or not, <clears throat> you know, we'll go from there. But Nick, what, what, do you kinda, what do you feel about this topic? How do, you, do you feel like plot is the ultimate, most important thing when you're reviewing a movie or uh, even when you're experiencing a movie like what what do you feel i think for i think like like a lot of great film topics and film discussion it's just a really complex thing it has no easy answer yeah and i think uh for some people i would absolutely believe it if they said that the plot is the most important to them but i think a lot of times the idea of having a complaint about plot or a gripe can manifest itself in several different ways. Like when when you initially presented this topic as a thing to talk about, I immediately thought of the more the more out there movies like like Tree of Life and like the Terrence Malick stuff that Tim always rags on me for. Because um, th- that's what I think of when I think when people have issues with plot, they usually first thing they say is it has no plot or the plot sucks. Yeah. But when they say the plot sucks, frequently what they mean is 
it has no plot either that or i couldn't follow the plot mm-hmm. um which is fine if if you don't if that's not really your bag then it's not really your bag but I, his example with Jurassic Park is really cool because it's, that's it's, that's it's, a great yeah that's, that's a great and point. He's more taking the the stance of uh, like a plot hole in a movie can completely ruin your experience in it, which like, I think is a little ridiculous. Yeah, because every movie there's not a single movie out there that's bulletproof that has a completely ironclad premise without some sort of little minor liberty with the plot or just some deviation from logic. Mm-hmm. Like how many times in horror movies or you know, any survival, any thriller, is there something the character does that's kind of stupid and yeah. contrary to what, what logic says you should do. But they do it anyway because that's what helps further the plot. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the movie ends. be like, okay, they picked up a gun and shot Michael Myers in the face. Movie's over. Yeah. That's what we all would do, or hopefully, but it doesn't make for a good movie. Um, but I think it's a great... It's a great question. Why would, why would the cop? Why would the co- the lone cop enter the building without any backup being called? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, and it's it's just kind of a a convention of movies. You know, it's something that we kind of snicker at now. I think that there was a beat like that in in Prisoners, mm-hmm. and I leaned over. I was even saying yep. that in the theater. Yeah. And, That's why uh, I thought of it. Okay. Because so we're you. on the same page. Because <laughs> of you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but I think it's a it's a really interesting point to bring up and it always bums me out when i hear somebody just say like the story sucked or the plot sucked therefore the movie sucked because i don't think i think you should be able to to bring some level of enjoyment out of a movie on some you know and it, it depends that obviously it's a little bit different for everybody i know i try to find things that i really like and if it's hard for me to completely write off a movie i mean it's not hard it's really easy but it's uh <laughs> so it's the opposite of hard. It's, it's yeah it's, <laughs> think about it's just it. difficult <laughs> It's difficult for me to do, but when it when I, I can do it, I guess it's too easy sometimes, and I think it, 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 in a way, can become kind of a crutch rather than bothering to try to enjoy the movie or take anything away from it. You're just like, it sucked. Plot sucked. It sucked. Like, I've heard something, people... Something turns your brain off, but, yeah. Yeah, I've heard people say the Inception sucked because the plot doesn't make any sense. And that's... And I'm like, what? And that that's what they think about the movie, and that's all they have to say. They're like, oh, it sucked. It was confusing. It didn't make any sense. And that's such a bummer because... Mm-hmm if you will just put a little bit of time into it or invest a little bit of thought or just pay a little more attention, maybe you'll get a great experience out of something. But obviously the the spectrum of what why movies are made and what they're made for is so vast and so yeah. wide that it's it, it can't be applied permanently. It's not a science. Yeah, and I and I and I think part of what you were saying is something that I've wanted to talk about previously in that uh, you know, what movies where you have to do a lot of the work on your own and like which ones actually deserve the work and which ones don't um and i like i i know that i've brought this up before on the podcast or at least when discussing certain things with you uh and i wish i had those examples on hand but i don't know if i do necessarily like that like a lot of the times um like with inception I think a lot of it's there. I think a lot of it's on screen and you have to be attentive and you have to be paying attention. But I also think that there's some of it that you need to be willing to do the work to fill in those gaps that you didn't quite see. Or even see it a second time. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, even even just like, um, you know, just having the ability to sit down and be like, oh, and a lot of it with like Breaking Bad, like in the finale of Breaking Bad. I know. Oh. Th- I know there are a lot of things that like that you had a problem with, and a lot of people had problems with, and and you know things felt too convenient and whatnot. But there are also things where somebody like me and and you know and and 
you know, Vince Gilligan has kind of previously said things like this. Like, people will be like, oh, how did this happen here? He'll just be like, well, what does it matter? Oh, he, you know, like, Walt poisons somebody in particular. Oh, how did he get that poison to that person? Oh, well, he went to that place where they usually are and did something like, you know. There are ways to explain it, but there's how much of it are you willing to be like, okay, that's something that I don't need to have explicitly told to me. You know, there's there's some kind of leeway there, and I think that's interesting to think about. But well, go, I, yeah. what do you I think, think I think you're getting more in I, I that's get that's like when people just over just over labor a plot and try to just squeeze it together every little just try to perfectly piece together everything that happened in the story, then yeah, obviously that's wrong. But I think what he's <laughs> what he's talking about is that it well, it seems like anyway, that just having a plot is not really important and it's there there's more important that like i don't i don't agree i don't agree with that i think <laughs> i think the plot and is, i don't i don't know if any of us completely agree with well that, no but, yeah, yeah yeah i there's there's certain cases obviously where a movie maybe a movie doesn't need a plot and it works out just fine and then there's others uh that are going to be talked about later where the lack of well, it didn't lack a plot but the uh if if the the plot is more most often the driving force of a movie, and if your movie doesn't have a driving force, then you're just looking at a series of images. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for myself, that's I that is of limited uh, compellingness. Uh, I yeah I I I, I want to go to have a story told to me. Um, and there are a lot of other elements to a film that can take kind of a basic or maybe even a lackluster story. You can, you can work that with, with all the different elements that you can, that you can put into a film and you can make that story seem so much greater. Like, like maybe the story of Jurassic Park in and of itself isn't, I I mean, I think it's good, but it's not mind blowing. But then when you put together, when you take all the other aspects of film that Steven Spielberg has mastered, he takes this, kind of simple story and he just makes an amazing an amazing tale out of it um and i feel like part of my rebuttal to his the paragraph that i read is that steven spielberg has the ability to make you not care about those things yeah like steven spielberg's filmmaking is on a level where he can he can let those kinds of little plot holes slide and I think, you know, that's kind of how I feel about Alfonso Cuaron after Gravity. Like, there are little things that, for me as a scientific mind, don't all add up. But I didn't care because the director put me in there. And maybe somebody like Shane Carruth with Upstream Color, I haven't seen it. Maybe he doesn't quite have the ability or the skill yet to get me to the point where his convoluted or complicated or non-cohesive plot is something that I can overlook in order to access the other parts of the movie. Well, because if for for me anyway, if the story is if the story isn't grabbing me, if the characters and their conflict isn't grabbing me, then I'm, I find it really hard to actually to actually invest myself in this movie. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's like I don't think the movie. I don't think I owe it to the movie to to go dive deep into it and and try to get every ounce of enjoyment possible out of it. Yeah. If if the, the movie has to earn that for me. Um, I mean, I don't go in there, you know, with, with some kind of battle, uh, like boss battle against uh, 
against Jurassic Park. But yeah, it's like if if I'm not just going to pay attention to your characters just because you want me to. Yeah. Um. So if if you can't put together a a cohesive story out of this, then why am I watching? If you can't if you can't pull me into your movie, why am I watching it? I mean, it's and it's, plot's really the best way to do that. It's it's like filmmaking is very much a storytelling medium. Like the yeah. idea of having moving pictures is you know by nature we were like we started doing this because we could film people doing things like that's that's kind of what the point of filmmaking is to me and i and i wanted to find another quote that he had in here he said um i don't know somebody keep talking about something okay well uh i i think the the perfect example of this for me would be like a movie like waking life i don't know if you guys seen it I had to watch it in film class, and it's a I, later, right? uh, I don't know. This that's not my bag, really. Okay. Uh, it just it it was just a bunch of scenes of people talking about things that made them sound yeah. like they're intelligent, and there was no one to connect to. There was no part of the movie made me feel like like, like there's a reason I should care. Uh, okay. There's just a bunch of people kind of mentally jerking each other off and it's like <laughs> what is the point of this uh i mean i mean if okay i'm watching these guys basically have a discussion on something i don't really you can't you're not making me care about um i'll do that in real life and i'll care about it so that's the that's yeah yeah that's what no, plot I'm, does it's... it it kind of it 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 gives you something to latch onto and it pulls you through an experience. Yeah, and I, and he kind of says here it is the first thing that people talk about because it's uh, like it's the most apparent. Well, and it's like, kind of the I I think it's kind of the purpose of most films. Yeah, is to tell a story. Yeah, and which doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't a there isn't room for movies that don't tell stories. Like I yeah. think you know, and and the the line that I wanted to say here, he says something in the first paragraph about uh, you know. He says, so many films are more interested in ideas than plot or experimentation rather than story, yet some people criticize them for plot alone. That's like criticizing a drama for not having enough action. And and in a way, I can see where he's coming from. I, you know, it's, I, I'm having a hard time thinking of movies like necessarily, like, I don't know. I don't well, know how much the master, like, I think the master certainly was about two people and their story, and I think there was a plot to it, but, uh... It's, it's such a gray, it's such a fuzzy area, because you really have to boil down what, what it means, what plot means. Plot's such an ugly, stupid word, it doesn't mean anything, it's just, it's just this big blanket. Plot, it's what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah what, <laughs> well, tagline for, like, the dumbest, like, <laughs> cable network ever. <laughs> It's just it's such a it's such a lazy word that always bothers me. Because I remember in, even in like English class in like middle school, they'd be like, "What's the plot?" And I'd be like, "Well, it's this." No, that's the story. What's the plot? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, which which one is which? Where does the where does one and the other begin? And I, I guess the plot is kind of the what do you say? It's like the conflict, really. Some movies don't have conflict, but I think they still. have Well, plot. I mean, not like not like people butting heads conflict but usually well, there's yeah, a, there's I, a problem I think, I think that, that needs to be solved I think that and that's what the movie's how, about I think that was sometimes how it was classified in school it would be like what uh you know man versus environment man versus man something that simple yeah like and, and I think that's what it got boiled down to a lot of times but um 
I think. Uh, oh my god, I don't know what I think. Can you pull that up again? Because I, <laughs> I was reading it and then it, it went away, and I oh, thought went away with it. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, never mind. Good radio. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> this, no. is, this brought to you by uh, plot. It's what happens. <laughs> this is no. movies. And I and I wish I had. Oh, seen... the master. Yeah, yeah, okay. the master. Because even you could boil it down. Like if you were writing a synopsis, you'd say like war veteran links up with visionary cult leader hijinks and, and that's it yeah basically <laughs> they can all end with hijinks and sue every plot ever <laughs> and that on paper sounds like it might be interesting and some people might expect it you know from point a to point b to be very like the movie starts and the war ends and then he meets him and then they go do this and then and then they do this and then there's this conflict and that's act two that ends and then but that movie's very just broad and yeah. a lot of things just happen with the characters around and i I love movies like that that I like to see if you're going to watch a really great character evolve and with a really great actor and watch like a, a good character study frequently those movies don't have an intense like driving like clocked plot that you can feel like there's act one just ended here's act two act yeah. two just ended here's act three where you can see the the breakdown in the script like here's where this happens and, it, and those kind of movies are great where you just feel the the clock and you're like enjoying it. You're like, all right, this is a great ride. I'm along for it. But I, I think there's absolutely a place and an important place for those movies where those actors come in and say, I really want to get into this character and really stretch. Because I mean, if the master had been directed by somebody different and it was a you know an a two hour movie, an hour forty five minute movie, it probably would have been really good. Still, could have been, but it would not have been nearly as interesting. No. And I think that's why you have a lot of directors like Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, if somebody said, "What's the plot of Magnolia?" I'd be like, uh, "It's funny." I think a lot of these ideas that we're talking about right now came up during our Joss Whedon hates Empire discussion <laughs> because of my my like, "What is the plot of Empire?" And you'd be like, "Well, that's the thing is that it's not about plot; it's about the characters." That's... I, think, I think that's I think that's like I just think that's an interesting point. Is that I think a lot of the things that you just said, I feel like were things that you said to me when we were talking about that. Which I is, stand by them. I think it's interesting. I I I mean I I think saying Empire Strikes Back doesn't have a plot or doesn't have like a through line story as yeah. compared to uh, the Counselor, just for instance. <laughs> um, you're talking a world of difference. You're talking about a story that's not. There's not one just powerful driving force that's carrying everybody through empire but there is a plot there is a story to it which there is with counselor too it's just empire buried also, though, under, you have the uh, advantage but, yeah, of no, i'll leave that previously established characters too yeah i yeah but i i mean there are movies where it's just life is happening here watch it yeah. and and that's there's nothing bad with that it's just uh speaking for myself sometimes that's not entirely compelling it can be compelling if it's made well. Um, but I think you got to have something to latch onto. Uh, and plot is usually the easiest thing to latch onto. Now he does a lot of bemoaning about people complaining about plot. And like, like you said, movies like if people said inception doesn't have a plot, but that was just because they didn't really listen to it. I think that's a lot of the kind of the more casual film audience. They're saying it doesn't have a plot. They're complaining about little plot points because maybe they didn't really follow it. Yeah. And that's kind of an issue too. Uh, making like some, for some people plot needs to be so 
just in your face that you can't you can't dig deeper and that's kind of, that's that's a problem because there are a lot of movies that can tell a story a little more elegantly than just explosion that's why yeah. the explosion happened car chase here's where where we're going with the car you know monologue yeah. here's exposition yeah. Um, yeah yeah here's something happening here's alice explaining to you why it happened yeah <laughs> and, and i think there's something to be said i think there are movies out there that like you were saying try to give you a glimpse into these people's lives like right now i'm thinking of a movie that i feel like would be super relevant to this discussion i'm very sad that i haven't seen it and i've wanted to see it ever since they reviewed it on the totally rad show but like the diving bell and the butterfly have you seen it nick I have not. Okay. It's it's about uh, somebody ends up uh, disabled in some way, and the movie's about them kind of, like, you, you, you are, you're experiencing it from their perspective and how they start to uh, figure out how to communicate with the world again in their current predicament. And honestly, and- that sounds like it has a plot. You're watching a character deal with his yeah. conflict. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then, like, I'm thinking about, like, movies like that, and then a movie like Blue Valentine, which is very much like, you know, mm-hmm. th- there's plot to it, but it's there's not a ton that happens, but it has the idea of putting you in the experience of watching this couple kind of deteriorate. Like, I think there's worth for those movies, but it's, um, I think a lot of the times it's hard for people to watch. It's just hard. And it's not so much, like you said, Gojo, it doesn't give you something to latch onto, but on top of that... <laughs> Like, it was hard for me to watch Blue Valentine because that movie literally took everything that I felt about relationships and being with somebody that you married and just tore it to shreds. And, and that was rough. It's rough for me to, like, I, like I, wanted, I walked out of that movie wanting to absolutely hate it. And I don't like the movie, but I, will, I do appreciate it for what it is. I think it's interesting. But Yeah, there's a place for sometimes movies are just experiences and they're designed as such. Yeah. But I think the level of enjoyability and immersion is is very collaborative like you need a you need really competent good actors you need good writing you need great direction you need all the pieces need to be in place for people to accept it yeah and you i need, think you need other you need the rest of the movie to pull you in if the plot's not going to do it sure and i think uh that, that i think that'll come up a little bit when we talk about the counselor yeah i mean obviously this is all very relevant to that but that point in particular that it's kind of a collaboration but i think it's interesting because we all took we all took this topic in the direction that I was initially thinking, and he, what he said is still, is still different than what we're talking about. Which I think I think so, and the, yeah, like it, he's he, more. I think he's more criticizing, just how 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 critical and how skeptical everyone is of everything now. Like we live in a much more cynical, angry, negative age. Like if Jurassic Park came out now, I think people would would go at it with some of those complaints. Like whoa, why? Why isn't uh, you got to do it a similar thing? <laughs> why is Dennis Nedry this guy? And like, why is the movie called Jurassic? No, only two of these dinosaurs were even alive during the Jurassic era. It's like we're, we're living like too, a little too entitled, a little too privileged. I, I, think, I, I, think, I don't. I think those people were out now. there. I don't know if it's I probably don't know if, they just didn't have a soapbox. Yeah, I don't know if it's if if it's any worse than it's ever been. It's just here's a forum. It's just broadcast. Here's board. internet. You can go and just. Yeah, type like any build you war, want anonymously. War was always yeah. dirty. People didn't know it until they saw it on their TVs. Exactly. Like, it's, you know. But I think that is part of the problem, though, because now if, if that's all you're reading is negative stuff, there's just an error and an expectance of negativity now. You can't necessarily go... If a movie is just being universally shit on, you're, you're I think you're kind of inclined to go into it with that mindset, and you're going to... I think there's kind of a subconscious need for a lot of people to kind of conform and agree and say yeah that that movie did suck right yeah let's talk about how much it sucked rather than be like i went into it wanting this and i got this out of it and i enjoyed it 
Yeah, and I, which might be part of kind of what he's feeling too, because he might say, "If I'm, I don't know." His topic is so broad. It's I think it's a great topic, and it'd be a lot of fun to just sit and hash out for a while. Yeah, but it's uh, it's very. I agree with him completely that it's it can be a difficult to hear when you're trying to talk about a movie and someone's like, oh, the plot sucks, the movie sucks. Well, but no, and I, and I think, you know, it, we only kind of touched on different bits and pieces of what he said, and I think so, some of it is the argument that you're saying, and some of it is also the idea that movies that don't have coherent plot are useless. Like, he, I think he pretty much gets to that point at, at some point in what he says. But anyway, it, you know, we can, this is something we can come back to and something we probably will visit again within this review. But... That brings us to our review of Ridley Scott's The Counselor. Um, synopsis from IMDb is a lawyer finds himself over his head when he gets involved with in drug, drug trafficking. Uh, this was written by Cormac McCarthy, who has written novels such as The Road and No Country for Old Men and a lot of other stuff. Blood too. Meridian is one of his more famous ones. Okay. And uh, starring Michael the Last Fastbender, Penelope Cruz, Cameron Diaz, uh, Javier Bardem, and... Uh, most importantly, Dean Norris and John Leguizamo. <laughs> and Brad Pitt. And yeah, Brad, Brad, Pitt's Brad, Brad Pitt, too. And Brad Pitt's cowboy hat. <laughs> yes, Brad, Brad Pitt's uh, white alligator cowboy hat or whatever it is. So Apparently, good. Dar Dash, which I could have swore was a Star Wars character. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a combo of Star yeah. Wars characters. Grief. Uh, so, Ridley Scott, um, somebody who I think... Uh, a lot of us end up on this podcast respecting quite a bit. Absolutely, as, uh, you know, he's been you know he's been behind some of the most fantastic movies that we've seen: Gladiator, Blade Runner, you know, Alien, Alien, uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah, so you know, it's always interesting when he has a movie coming out. Last time we had uh, Prometheus, which uh, you know I think ended up as a disappointment for a lot of us. Um. And it sucked because it was it was his great return to science fiction. But now we kind of he gets back to to the drama kind of not not drama but like uh, less less genre like movie uh, with, with the counselor. And yeah, it is drama. But um, so yeah, I think it, it, for me it's interesting in that perspective because I have experienced a lot of Ridley in the genre arena lately you know watching alien and prometheus and blade runner those are all relatively fresh <clears throat> experiences for me and uh you know other than that i've seen like uh, movies that i know that i've seen of his i saw gladiator a long time ago and i saw white squall white squall is amazing i never expected to even like why would i ever like a movie about like a sailing team and it's nuts how <laughs> awesome that movie is but it's Howard also got Bridges. Jeff Bridges too. Yeah. But <laughs> so uh, Scott anyway, Bridges combo. Um, yeah, the counselor. Well, I, Nick, what did you? What were you kind of anticipating in this? Like, were, were you excited for this movie? What did you think? I I was excited when I heard about it. Like, heard about it like a year ago when they said Ridley's next movie because everyone was thinking he was going to make Blade Runner two right yeah. after Prometheus, and uh, then they were like, oh, his next movie is going to be the drama called The Counselor, starring. Michael Fassbender as a lawyer and written by... I thought it was adapted from a Cormac McCarthy work at the time, so I was excited for it. Um, and then I, I really didn't watch... I think I watched a trailer, but I barely remember it, and I saw a couple photos, and I was like, wow, everybody looks really interesting. Mm -hmm. All the characters look really unique. And I really got a... I got a strong, true romance -y vibe from it. Uh, kind of a weird story with weird characters and, and a lot of very famous people in smaller roles. 
uh, and I, I kind of just, my gut told me it was going to be a strange movie. It was going to be a little bit different, and I, I wasn't wrong. But uh, <laughs> it was it was a little, it was more disjointed than I expected. Um, but I did read a few reviews going in, and so I had kind of got my expectations aligned with yeah. where I thought it would be. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I felt going in. Okay. Uh, Gojo, you were kind of roped in last minute. Uh, well, I wasn't roped in. I, people are busy this week. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to step up. I'm going to, I'm going to help, I'm going to help out the podcast by, uh, bringing in the, the third string, uh, commentator here. <laughs> Gojo on the third bitchy. string. Yeah. I'm no, I'm kind of the, uh, I'm kind of well, no. I'm not even going to go into baseball metaphors because it's going to take too long. Um, so I knew I knew literally the only thing I knew about this film. I saw the poster. Okay. Uh, I didn't even know really Scott directed it. Okay. I'm like, uh, that's a weird looking poster. Javier Bardem, you look amazing. That was my thought going into this film. <laughs> he does. Javier yeah. Bardem looks amazing. At no point in this film does he not look amazing. I think it's in um, his contract to have weird hair every movie. It, yeah. <laughs> Can't have normal yeah, hair. Yeah. I. Just just to play a really weird person, weird yeah. character in every movie. I don't know. He's yeah. He's a he he's an odd character. But um, yeah. So I knew nothing going in, and it's probably would have been better if I did. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And I I, I kind of knew the same that that Nick did. I knew I knew that it was a really Scott movie, and that Fastbender was involved. Like the cast looked fantastic, and I was like, okay. And then you know I'll check it out. Um, yeah, so I don't know where exactly we want to break in. I it's I'd like to I think I think I was disappointed with this movie. I think I wanted more out of it. Uh and that's not to say that there isn't more to get out of it than I did yesterday when we saw it, but um you know, I think it might be an interesting rewatch, but I don't know if I would make it all the way through the rewatch or not. Uh for me personally um I think a lot of this movie revolves around you have these people in these circumstances that uh, that you kind of get short glimpses of. You don't, you never really get full explicit detail in this movie about much of anything that's going on, and um, that's fine. But I need, I need something, and I don't feel as though the character, like the characters, are kind of fleshed out from the hey. You know, Javier Bardem is a character. Oh, yeah. He's definitely yeah. <laughs> a character. But I don't understand him. On, I don't understand anybody on that fundamental level of how or why are they operating in the way that they operate in this movie. And I think it's very important that if you're not going to have one, then you got to have the other. Um, you, you know, and I said yesterday <clears throat> I was a little disappointed in Cameron Diaz's performance. I feel like I feel like, uh, you know, it, she could have been better or somebody else could have been more well-suited for the role. She didn't, she wasn't believable for me in, in the role that she plays in the movie. But other than that, I think everybody else was pretty spectacular. And, and, and even the fantastic performance weren't enough to, like, it's not, nobody was enough to make me go and recommend this movie to anybody that, you know, isn't, like, a big Ridley Scott fan or, like, doesn't love, you know, interesting, quirky, different movies. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I stand on it. I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't absolutely hate it, but, uh, I, am not, I'm not going to be recommending this one to a lot of people in my opinion, but what about you, Nick? 
Uh, I agree with, with a lot of what you said. It feels very much like you're dropped right smack in the middle of, like, someone's day. You know, it's kind of disorienting. Yeah. To kind of be like, well, who exactly is this guy and who, what's his I deal? kept waiting for the pieces to come together. And I didn't feel like they necessarily got there. But. No. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's very... This is one of those movies that benefits from some additional thought and reading. Yeah. I spent some time online last night and, this, and today reading a lot of other people's opinions and thoughts. And I actually got way more out of it after the movie. And I'm actually kind of excited to watch it again now. Okay. Um, but overall, I, I liked it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But I, I enjoyed it. It's very weird. All the characters are, are characters, like you said. They're they're very... I guess the best way to describe it, some, a lot of people seem to agree that it feels very much like a, like a stage play. Like a lot of the characters and the dialogue are very over the top. It's very flowery. It's very theatrical. And it doesn't... In some scenes, I felt like it kind of worked. Like some of the actors, I think, kind of got it. They kind of understood where it was going, but it would be inconsistent because in some scenes they wouldn't seem to get it. And it was very kind of, you know, scattershot whether or not it worked. Like, mm-hmm. Bardem seemed to really get it. Yeah. And Brad Pitt got it, I think, most of the time. Fassbender's the one actor I was a little a little displeased by. His acting is really good, especially at the end of the movie. Like, it's, like, too good where I was, like, uncomfortable. But he, he played it really straight a lot of the time, like, almost too much. And I couldn't really get a beat on his character. I'm like, what kind of guy is this guy? Because at first yeah. you think he's a total scumbag, and then you think he's a great dude, and then you're kind of like, he's a moron. He's just very different from scene to scene, and I never got a good beat on who exactly the counselor is. Yeah, the only thing I dug about him was that he's called the counselor, and everyone's just hurling advice at him the whole movie. And he's not <laughs> listening to anybody, and uh, it's it was very interesting in that regard. I was like, this character seems from the initial scene like he's a very in control, cool, slick, smart guy, but he's just kind of not. But it's kind of outside of his hands, so yeah. it just it's very. I wanted a firmer lock on the protagonist and who he was and where he was going and what he was doing. Yeah. But all the surrounding characters I really liked. I disagree about Cameron Diaz, actually. I, re- I thought she was really good. Okay. She played that perfect kind of noir femme fatale who was just this, like, sleek, like, scary, sexy, like, scary, manipulative, in-control character. And I thought she did a really good job. Um, I should say, and I don't, I don't have any, like, uh, I want to say pre-existing conditions. I don't, I'm not, like, I don't, I don't normally hate Cameron Diaz. That's not, like, I, you know, so I'm not bringing something to this. I, for some reason, it just didn't work for me. I only really love her, and there's something about Mary, and she plays the polar opposite of this character. So maybe that's why I thought it was cool. Plus, she's, I thought, I just thought she played that type of character. Well, I thought it was a good casting choice, because she's that actress who everyone knows who she is, but she hasn't been in much lately, and she's getting a little bit older, but she still has that kind of, that look that is very interesting. And, uh, but overall, I, you know, I, I liked it, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Cause when, I'm ringing endorsement. when it ended, it, it was very, I was very oh, stunned. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, wow. That, that's it, huh? If it was and, a car, you would have been launched through the window. <laughs> God. Yeah, I, I know. But I, I think this, I'm, this is why I'm so glad we talked about the plot thing before this, because this movie has a very strangely told plot and a lot of information is withheld from you and it's either very very discreetly snuck in through a little line an errand line of dialogue here and there and we'll talk about that more in a spoiler section but what's really cool about this movie especially when you read about it more and and read some other people's opinions there's a a lot of potential subplots going on that 
the movie does a very interesting job of kind of maybe only leaving you like one breadcrumb and be like, here's your trail. Like, <laughs> find it. And uh, there's one, one subplot in particular which I think is really, really cool and I didn't pick up at all. But then when I was thinking about it more and thinking and people were pointing out specific lines of dialogue, I was like, oh, God. Wow. This movie is either a total mess or it's absolutely brilliant. And I, <laughs> I guess I have to watch it again to really find out. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of evidence for some really neat things going on in the wheels within the wheels of the movie that it doesn't I think you're too distracted by just being bombarded by what you're seeing and Javier Bottom's hair and, <laughs> and glasses and sunglasses yeah. and frying pan face that he's got but it's uh, Michael Fassbender going down on people in the yeah. first 10 yeah that was weird yeah. weird way to start the movie yeah. it was uh, but over I think I it wanted was, to put my hands on your guys' knees as it was happening I would have jumped probably <laughs> <laughs> I would have done something else it uh <laughs> I don't. I absolutely don't regret seeing it. I think it's an interesting experience. Uh, this is one that might benefit from home viewing, so you can pause it and like kind of just wash your hands or something, or <laughs> make a bowl of popcorn. But uh, I, I think I, I enjoyed the ride. I guess is kind of what I'm saying. And, and I, I did a lot of reading that we'll, we'll talk more about later. So maybe okay. that's why I feel better about it now than I did last night. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I'll be too. With, with what you've said, uh, Gojo. Let's let's hear it. <clears throat> If I was not seeing this movie for the podcast, I would have walked out about probably about halfway through. Yeah. Uh it's oh, I didn't I, I'm not gonna say I hated it, but I didn't like it at all. Um <laughs> I I if if I was forced at gunpoint to talk about some good things about the movie, I would find some good things, but they would not be things that um that in any way redeem the movie for me at all. Um, it was, it was incredibly disjointed. It really didn't care if you knew what was going on in it. Every line in the film and every conversation was written in a way that made you think that the writer just wanted everything in this movie to sound super hip and super cool. Yeah. And none of it actually made any sense in a fluid dialogue situation. Um, all the, the scenes were just... Like, they were ripped out at random of the story that was happening. And sometimes they made sense. Sometimes they didn't. Uh, there were a handful of interactions between characters in this movie that actually felt like human interaction and not uh, over-scripted moments. Um, and I, I just... I, I, <laughs> I God, I... Fuh, it's just almost yeah. I just I try. I you know I I really I did try for like the first half hour to an hour of this film to kind of work through the plot, and then there just reached a point where I'm like, the movie is not going to really, it's not going to reward me for my yeah. efforts here. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just sitting back and I'm like, okay, all right, do what you're going to do, and uh, hopefully at some point it will be worth it. And it never was. It was. It's like. It, the movie is is just happening, and it's like it doesn't even care that people are watching. It's like, <laughs> yeah, here's this movie. Uh, it's that stuff's going on. Uh, we don't really care if you understand it. Uh, and I'm probably going to say a lot of I, a lot of the things I'm going to talk about are probably in spoiler territory. But I'm going to say a lot of things that'll make the current obsession with plot and the, the author <laughs> a thirteen three er. Hopefully you're not a listener because I probably just butchered your <laughs> online tag. It's probably going to make you mad if you hear them because uh, I'll probably go into a lot of things. You don't want to hear about plot. But this one, it just – it had a plot 
but it was so loose and and it was like it's like if you made a popcorn necklace out of like three kernels of popcorn there were like three chunks in the movie where they're like three small bits were like okay here's what's happening there's a drug deal why doesn't matter who cares who cares why they're doing this they just want to have a drug deal apparently um greed they said greed a couple of times in the movie so that's probably why um deal with it uh it goes bad why who cares uh and 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 that's the thing it I didn't understand any of the – well, I, I understood it, but I, do, I don't understand why they showed all the kind of the point-to-point -point things. But then when something major happened in the movie, I totally could have predicted it. Like I, I totally predicted it like scenes and scenes before it happened. So there were moments that were predictable, and then the rest of it was just a jumbled mess yeah. where it's like I didn't even care. and. Oh man, it was rough. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, and I will say it was it was well made, like mm -hmm. production wise. Mm -hmm. um, the acting was good. Uh, Fastbender, I thought was great. Um, uh, Javier Bardem was awesome. Um, Penelope Cruz, who I don't usually care for, I thought she was good. She was yeah. really the only yeah. character I actually. Gave a shit about this movie, uh, and honestly, Brad Pitt was Brad Pitt. Um, he did Brad Pitt stuff and didn't really. I again, it was it was pr mostly the writing. I think and the script was just was just terrible. Um, it was terrible. No two ways about it. And then yeah. Cameron Diaz was kind of she was a blank slate for me. I mean, she was to the point of almost being like. Like kind of a bland mustache tweaker. Um, she was. It, it was that kind of everything she did was kind of like, oh, I'm a I'm a bad guy. But it was if you're saying it like with no influence, like, I'm a bad guy. I will I will destroy all. And uh, yeah, no, I didn't like it. I'm just going to leave it at that because okay. yeah, yeah. And I and I think any any problems that I personally had with the movie come from a script level. It does very much feel like. Um, it's weird because I felt as though I had to keep up with the movie like I was translating it, but it was all in English anyway, most of the, most of it anyway. No, yeah, <laughs> was, it was... There was some Spanish in there. Yeah, but. you had you really kind of had to decipher every little thing that was happening, and there were, so, there were a lot of scenes that were just kind of fluff, too. Yeah. And, I'm, and the whole time I'm thinking, is there something I should be taking out of this? But I... I yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, willing, I'm willing to work... To enjoy a movie, but not that hard. Okay. I don't. I don't want to have to be taking notes. Okay. And it was fair enough. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think we're all pretty. We're all in pretty different spots here, um, which I think is interesting. Um, Nick, would you recommend this movie to people? <laughs> it depends on who the person is. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't just say go see it. You wouldn't recommend it to Gojo. But, but <laughs> no, which he which said, he said specifically yeah, after the movie. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I was going to say, you shouldn't come to this movie. <laughs> Man. Yeah. The podcast needs me, though. <laughs> yes. That's how dire things are. All right. Uh, I think we can move into spoiler Terry. We'll take a quick break. And then we'll be right back. Thank you. 
All right, here we are for spoiler cherry for the counselor. So Nick, you had some uh, some ideas that you wanted, some things that you read that you think kind of have enhanced your experience of the movie. Yes. So uh, <laughs> why don't you start yeah, us cool. off here? Uh, the, the most interesting thing I thought I read that was almost kind of a conspiracy theory about the movie, but it, it answered a lot of questions that I had was the idea that. Oh my god, I forgot how to, What's her name? Malinka? Is that Cameron Diaz? Yeah. It's a weird, uh, weird it's, name. Yeah, yeah, close enough. Okay. Something like that. Sounds like a slinky toy. The yeah. idea that she Malaria. and... The idea that she and uh, Westray, who was Brad Pitt, that the two of them were in cahoots the whole movie. And at the end, she... She screwed him over? Yes. Oops, I knocked my mic. Oh, that's interesting. Sorry. And it, there's a lot of interesting supporting evidence for it that actually makes me really want to watch it again. Malkina. Um, it was close. But it was, uh, there was some clever hints that some people were finding dropped throughout. Oh, I just wanted to note, when she turned on his computer, it made the same noise that Paul Rudd's computer made. But <laughs> it, it turned on the 40, 3D, yes. 3D? Celery Man came along. Yes, yeah, Celery Man popped up. Oyster. <laughs> Oyster jumped in. Uh, I started laughing when I heard it. I don't, did, did you, you guys, I don't know if you guys heard me or not. I don't right? remember. I think I was too, like, like what's going on? cocked, yeah, yeah, like a dog trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Um, there are just some interesting lines regarding the relationship between Reiner and Westray, who are these old buds, and Westray already knows of Malkina very well, as he, he kind of laughs when, when Fassbender mentions her. Yeah. And there's a couple bits of dialogue, most notably when Fast, he does, Brad Pitt says something to him regarding figures, and he says, did you just do that in your head? And he goes, no, I remembered it. And he goes, but I know somebody, but I know somebody who could. And then there's the scene where she immediately sizes up and analyzes and destroys everything about Penelope Cruz's diamond that somebody pointed out. They're like, clearly she's very good with, like, that type of information. She's a really intelligent woman. And uh, there was... Oh, shoot, there were more, but... Disclaimer, my phone is in the middle of updating, and I had my notes on it, and they were good. And they would have helped me out in this uh, in this, in this this moment. There were a couple more beats like that, though, where there were just weird little character moments between those two. and But those two are never on screen together, which is also interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, the basic idea that a lot of people got from the movie seemed to be that the, the counselor was this wrench thrown in the works. And basically, they're, they're, what they got from the movie was that Westray and Malkina had this plan to steal this money from the cartel, steal this shipment, and... From Rainer, basically. Yes, and pin it on him and basically have him be taken down. And the two of them would bounce and like live overseas with his money and whatever they got from the cartel deal. But meanwhile, she, because she's clearly... I mean, the movie didn't make much of an attempt of hiding what like the allegory between her and the cheetahs were supposed to be. Um, she's just this hunter who's just this bored, dangerous, intelligent person who just is out to just continually screw people over and, and further herself. Uh, so the idea seemed to be that those two were going to pin it on Reiner and this, and then leave, which also makes it convenient why she knew where he was going to be in London, knew where to send a woman to intercept him. It just helped smooth out a lot of the things that seemed convenient or lazy. And uh, I wish I could remember there was one other one other bit that was really interesting between the two characters, but I don't remember what it is now. So I just have to move forward. But anyway, whether it's true or not. I just thought it was really interesting, and it's very cool that somebody could pull that out of this 
and uh, I really, really enjoyed reading that particular person's thoughts on it. And I actually agreed. A lot of people were like, you're stupid, that's stupid. <laughs> and I was like, I, I think it's kind I of think cool, that, actually. I think that ties back around to my point of how much work are you willing to do to, to, to fill in the story. And I, and it's that is absolutely interesting. But And, and there's there's notes of kind of sorrow in, in Westray's voice when he's talking about Reiner. And he's like, I miss the guy. but And he's very critical of him. He's like, he lives like an idiot. And he's... Uh, making bad decisions and stuff like that. And well, he seems like he's kind of prepped to basically just throw him under the bus. And in his mind, it's probably like a mercy killing. Like, he's just out of control and I'm just going to put him down like a rabid animal. I, I, I'm kind of remembering some bit of dialogue between him and Fassbender about... about Maybe about... But there was... He, it's like he almost asked him about a potential relation... Or a possible... Yeah. Future, with, past relationship with Lucky. And it kind of, yeah. And he kind of gave him just this look. Why would like, you ask that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why Why do you think that? And then, yeah, exactly. There's there's, a, there's something between those two that's very interesting. And I think that, that is on, cool. on a repeat viewing, a lot more of this might become a little Maybe bit more evident. Yeah. And uh, because Pitt doesn't really seem to panic at all when everything seems to go south. It's almost like either it's all according to the plan or he has realized she screwed me and it's time to bounce, which also during his death scene, which was really intense, by the way, mm-hmm. he, there's that brief shot of him just laughing as he's standing there with a thing around his neck and he's just screaming, fuck you, fuck you, because I think he knows. He knows that Malkino She's down the street and then SUV, yeah, basically she's after his money and he, and he finally was just kind of like, eh, she got me. And he even says uh, earlier when Fassbender says, so why do it if you have all this money? And he's like, women, like that's... That's why, and she is clearly, uh. <laughs> clearly, she's kind of the the ultimate. These these guys who have good things going for them, for some reason, get caught up in the pursuit of this this woman, which is why I, I think, like I said earlier, in regards to her performance and, and her character, she's really like a really classic kind of femme fatale, where she's this like this thing that these guys think they can box in and they can have and they possess, but they can't, and she just eludes them. I think she's an absolutely despicable character. Like, I was nauseated by her by the end of the movie. I was like, this bitch needs a bullet in the head more than anybody. But I think part of it has to do with not only the character's decisions and and the fact that I kind of started liking all these weird guy characters that she's after. But uh, I think a lot of it was to do with Cameron Diaz's performance. Because where you guys kind of saw a blank slate, like, non-acting, I just saw someone who's just the coldest, most bored, just doing it just because she can. And Truth has no temperature. In it. If she had, <laughs> if she had played it really zany and over the top, like full mustache twirler, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much because I, I kind of liked the the subtlety, the kind of coldness, and that just seems to kind of be a way that Cormac's villains tend to come through because No Country is really kind of the same way. Yeah, the villains are very much non characters; they're just kind of these driving forces. But uh, I thought it was interesting and watching that the watching how the counselor is involved in this plot and he's just kind of in the way of everybody the whole movie and ryan is trying to do him a solid get him some money and westray is kind of like who who are you why do you want to do this yeah like irritated almost like you're in the middle of my plan this is my plan what the who the fuck are you what are you doing here are you sure are you sure are you sure here's this really intense story about snuff films are you sure <laughs> which was awesome by the way because that final scene at the end of the movie when he receives his in the mail yeah, he just knows just absolutely devastating <laughs> I remember sitting there just being like oh my god mm-hmm. oh my god this I like the two Chekhov's guns in this movie the yeah the absolutely gear wire thing there's like four of them there's yeah. that there's a snuff film there's the during the opening credits the, the waste disposal truck uh, they showed I was like this is gonna totally play in the movie yeah. throughout um, 
But I think if if, if we watched it again, it would be kind of cool, I think, to try to follow where the ball's being passed between all the characters. Because initially, you know, there's this truck being driven with drugs in it, and then the, the keys are left here, but then they're handed off to this courier, but then he's intercepted, and those two guys were hired by Malkina, even though she knew ahead of time that the cartel would get it back anyway because they're the cartel and you can't stop them. Mm-hmm. And it almost was like just her plan was to almost drive this weird wedge between all three guys, the counselor, Reiner, and Westray, just so that they would all go at each other and just eventually implode. And uh, then she could just get away with pretty much everything. And the counselor really has to suffer the fallout, the brunt of the punishment, because he seems like the alien third party who threw it all off. It must be his fault. He's the the foreign object in here. Yeah. He's, it's, it's kind of perfect. So I... I it's much more compelling. Uh, the more, yeah, the it's more super you read compelling, about it. but I wish the movie would have given, no, me, I, I, given me more of that, you know? I totally agree, and I think that's why the second viewing is going to really dictate whether or not it's brilliant or just a mess still. Because <laughs> if I watch it again, I go, wow, it is, there it is, it's all there. Because when you're dropped in the movie, it's very disorienting. You're like, who are all these people? What are they doing with these cheetahs in the desert? Like, it's just very weird. It's a lot of bizarre... What's it's, this debt that Fassbender has? And... Right. Yeah, and there's a lot of unanswered questions about him, yeah. and I think that's where still I'm not criticizing Fassbender's performance. Again, I thought all the acting in the movie was good. Um, Fassbender was was very solid. His American accent is much more convincing than I thought it would be. Yeah, I think it's just purely at a writing level, and like Javier Bardem is definitely good at playing these weirdo characters. Like everybody kind of played almost variants of characters they played before. Yeah, but that's I think why they were cast is because they're they're good at that. Like Pitt, yeah, Pitt was a little pity, but it was a pity party. But he uh, he's good at that. He's good at that character, that kind of confidence man who might seem almost overly confident. Yeah. And I think that was great because he definitely had this kind of air, this confident air about him. And in the end, because I, I thought throughout the movie, I was like, that's going to be the character that gets away. I was like, because he's got this contingency plan. He yeah, seems he's smart. He's one step ahead. And yet, she, in the end, she still got she's him. She's still ahead of him. Yep. Gojo, how does that all make you feel? Uh, it, 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 I, I am now convinced, well, not convinced maybe, but I, I, the seed has been planted in my mind that there was a point to this movie. Um, <laughs> I wish the movie itself could have done that for yeah. me. Um, I, I, I don't particularly subscribe to the belief that, uh, a movie's, that, that all these different elements of a movie should be buried behind meaningless nothing. Um, or if we should just let's just weave all the interesting parts of our movie behind the scenes and let's talk about opening up a club instead mm-hmm. uh, or making love to a car. Um, Whoa, that scene was amazing. Th- okay, that was the only scene in the movie that actually felt natural. Natural, Absolutely. yeah. But at the same time, it f- it played out like a scene from the room. Because it starts off, okay, uh, Javier Bardem, oh, man, women, I don't get it. Some things I just, I just want to forget about women. <laughs> oh, my and God, then, I want to see this movie with Tommy Wiseau. As, and then as Michael writer. Fassbender's like, no, what are you talking about? What are you talking What do you want to forget about women? No, just forget about it. No, what do you want to forget? What? Just forget about it, man. No, no, what do you want to talk Okay, fine. She made love to the car, and it looks like a catfish. And then that whole scene ensues, and then Michael Fassbender's like, why the fuck did you tell me that? <laughs> I don't know why I told bro, it to I you, told man. You, bro. I don't know why I told it to you. And it's like... It, it, it's just it was yeah. so it felt stupid to me um that particular exchange because it's i loved it <laughs> and it i don't understand why that was in the movie um 
maybe just to show that she's a crazy bitch, but we already got that when she went to the priest and wanted to tell him, hey, I do a lot of sex. Uh, you want to listen to all the sex I do? Uh, yeah, okay, we understand. She's a little she's a little crazy. She has two cheetahs. Uh, she has a tattoo of a cheetah. She's crazy. Uh, she's flirting with Penelope Cruz. She's crazy. Uh, she's yeah. Okay, we get it. We get it. We get it. She's weird. She makes love to cars. Uh, and then at some point in like the far end of the film, it's like okay, well, actually, she has something to do with this. That character. I mean. There were maybe hints that she was involved somehow, but at no point is the does the movie actually seem like it wants you to know that she's she's a player in this until like the last third. Yeah, it's almost like kind of a clumsy twist, but in, it, the, in the end, it feels like the movie really. It, it feels like so much of the movie happened. I, I said it after the movie. It, it it felt like the movie happened off camera, um, and instead we get a couple of scenes here and here and there. Um, that just that just kind of give you hints of hey this is the story we're trying to tell yeah. but, uh, just don't tell well, anybody um, it is weird too because th- throughout the movie I kept looking at her and being like she's she has to have some purpose being in this movie because it was very I was like something has to be involving her more than just she's Reiner's girlfriend especially when she was making all these mysterious phone calls and then you found mm-hmm. out she was the one hiring the guy to use the, the shark wire to, to yeah. lob that guy's head off which was awesome yeah, and, um, you, and you kind of figure out, like, you kind of think, um, I think part you think of that maybe she could be there as, like, somebody, she's being used as, like, a spy or something, you don't really know what her role is, but then the kind of, like, final reveal of, like, oh, this is all her plan. Which, I'm going to go out on a limb here, I'm going to go out, I'm going to take this to another level. I think that maybe as male viewers, we fell into nope. the same pitfall that the characters did, where we kind of totally underestimated... <laughs> what this woman has to do with everything and how she has to contribute. I don't, I don't I know I felt that way. I don't think it was because we're guys. I think it's because the movie didn't give us anything. But it did. Okay, well it's yeah, here's that crumb we're going to give to you. It, it <laughs> there's all I'm saying is everything everything I already said I, and everything I, I, a lot of other people have said there's there's enough evidence throughout the entire movie. We just didn't pick up on it. And is is wrong. that is that our fault or is that the movie's fault? That's where that's where I'm standing. It's not it's not my job. These are the questions. It's not my job to tell the movie's story. It's the movie's job to tell its story. Uh, but now you're going against everything that that kid was arguing about. With okay, plot. well maybe he's wrong about it. <laughs> maybe well, it's maybe he's wrong. No, maybe there's there's no right or wrong. Maybe this is one of those movies where it, this is one of those examples that we've been talking about. Is that it doesn't need this isn't that movie that's this is the master but a crime version where it's these are characters and there's things that happen. But see. It has it has a definite it has a definite story it has a plot I, I mean I can go point to point but it just doesn't tell it well at all I don't think uh, it it yeah it's the entire conflict the entire story is pretty much inferred and then just whole major points about characters are left out what what why is anyone doing what they're doing in this film I mean you can kind of figure it out just yeah you're inferring it. Why the hell is Fassbender getting into drug deals? Uh, is it? I mean, it, maybe it's because of the diamonds. I don't know. He's got um, a debt to pay of some kind. But where did he get the debt? I wasn't sure if it was. The I didn't even pick diamond. up on that. Honestly, well, uh, he said that he did. When was that? There was a line of absolute line of dialogue where he said what, to Reiner that was he it had early? Because if it wasn't, I probably zoned out. <laughs> um, 
because well, was, Fassbender, he he was. I, I, there was a was, scene where he said he didn't have money problems, and he, it was because of greed. And then later he said he did. He said, "I've got, I've got a, something des- describing his debt." But we weren't sure if it was if it was because the the gray area was whether or not it was something pre existing from the movie before the movie, or if it was the diamond itself that he bought Penelope Cruz. And a lot of people seem to really critique the character of the counselor, saying he's caught up in this greedy player's game, but he just can't do it. They said he's constantly trying to over overprove himself to Penelope Cruz when he doesn't need to. They said clearly she was the type of woman that would have been happy with a small, modest diamond because she really loved him. Yeah. And Cameron Diaz is the type of woman who wanted that big-ass rock that was a, a VS1, you know, whatever. Um, and the two, the contrast between those two women was really interesting, too. But it's, uh, it, like I said... Every theory I have about it being good could be totally wrong, and it'll take it really will take me watching it again to really cement how I feel about it. But I think there's a lot of very compelling evidence that it it might actually be kind of kind it's, of brilliant the way it was it's written. Piqued my interest enough to make me want. to I, I will absolutely say it it's not it's not well written for a movie. I think if if you do want to do some of the lifting and put the work into it, you can get a lot of coolness out of it. But it's the same way with like a lot of people just absolutely loathed the movie Southland Tales. And I kind of dug it because it was a really weird, different experience, but I had to do a lot of reading afterwards to kind of supplement the story because the movie is literally parts four, five, and six of, like, a six-part story. And, like, y- you know, you can't just watch that movie and be like, oh, yeah, it was a great story. Like, you'd be like <laughs> what the hell happened? But yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. you have to it. put something into it. No, and I, and I agree. I think there are those those movies where it's worth it to put that in and you'll get so much more out of it. But sometimes it's... Uh, like I, sometimes if the movie itself doesn't inspire you to want to do that, then it's rough. And that's fair. Hard. I think this movie absolutely would have probably been... Absolutely probably. It would have been better in the hands of, like, the Coens. This is way more up their alley. It's way more their speed. And they would have... They would have wrangled it together a little bit more, I think. Or at the very least, somebody else should have come in to script doctor the shit out of it and make it into... Make it a little bit better for the, for the screen. Make yeah. it feel like it was actually real people talking. It, that was... I, maybe that was one of the... Maybe that... I mean, it was the biggest problem, was that... Every conversation that was having was, it's like they were they were talking about what they were talking about, but the whole time they were actually talking about something else. That's what it felt like because they were using so many different metaphors and yeah, and, and they they were like they're trying to be very oblique about it. Yeah, I and, and not like not like they're trying to hide. It wasn't like they were trying to hide what they were talking about. It was like they were trying to sound extremely smart about what they were talking about, and, and it it was the whole movie. Everybody was just. They were trying to take the dialogue just to to weird heights, and it just ended up being kind of nonsensical. And and yeah, I spent half my time trying to decipher what people were actually talking about. Maybe that's why I missed all these uh, supposed plot points because alleged. Yeah, these these alleged plot points because the whole time, yeah, it's ah, it was God. And I, yeah, again, it was. I, I was. I was. In, I was in battle with the characters to try to understand, like, what, like, what, what motivated any of them, what they were talking about at any given moment, uh, why they were talking about it. Uh, yeah, and they were just. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I. I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily that the that none of the characters talk like real people, but I think the problem is this lack of consistency. Like I said before, some of the cast members are playing it like it's a pretty straight movie, and some of them are are playing it like it's a little over the top, allegorical. 
And I think that that's that was the problem with with Ridley in this case. I don't think that that's the type of thing he knows how to to put. wrangle. Yeah, absolutely. And even it out or bring it back down. And say, okay, you're it's too much here, or you're not doing it enough. It's very uneven. And some of the characters, it's okay that they're almost non-characters that they just kind of enter the movie, and you don't need to know their motivation. Like I don't, I don't. Brad Pitt's character walks into the bar and like he's like, okay, this is how these things are done. I'm like, okay, this guy is a middleman, like he says, for drug deals. That's all I need to know about that character. I literally need to know nothing else about that character. I think the only character in this movie who I wanted to know more about was the counselor. The rest I'm yeah. perfectly acceptable with where they are as characters. Well, because they, they were just they're just kind of templates, really. I mean And that's fine. Pretty much every character was just a template and I there was just I think this type of movie and this subject matter, that's probably the way that these people would be in real life. I mean, like that's these, the way they operate. You wouldn't know dealers. much about these yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely not. So I, I think that the movie is better served that way. But the only—that's the gripe I have with the counselor himself—is I'm like, why is this guy the protagonist? Why is the movie called the counselor? It should be called something else. It should be, you know, it's like it's like naming uh, No Country for Old Men Llewellyn, yeah. because like, well, what? Who gives a shit about him? Like, he's he's just a guy in the movie who's trying to get away with his money. And uh, so it, it's almost kind of misleading. You think you're going to have this great protagonist, and he's just kind of this dude who's just caught up in, in something that he sh- unfortunately is caught up in. And it should be called Westray, and then no good, very bad day. <laughs> should be called Dardash as barman. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot. Th- I think this is an absolutely perfect example for the plot thing we talked about earlier, because I think there's there's too much that's interesting and this is this is purely my opinion I think there's too much that's interesting going on in this movie for me to ever outright dismiss Write it, it out. yeah. as crap Write I do out, think right. there's a mismanagement of direction I, I would not have picked Ridley for this and I would I would have asked Cormac McCarthy to have somebody write it with him because the ideas are cool and a lot of the dialogue is very cool but it's it's too much if you gave me a great scene of normal dialogue and then had one or two great lines that were really heavy that would sit so much better than just a whole just bashing you in the face with this like there was the scene between Reiner and the counselor in his in his like office at his house I remember just being like 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 I was walking through a lot of smoke I was just really disoriented and I was like I don't I don't know what what these guys are are doing what they're talking about it's very very hazy but in some scenes it it worked better so yeah it's like I said it's very inconsistent all right I think that's about it. Uh, thanks to Amos Alex, and John. You had, you had like nothing to say. No, I really didn't. I just <laughs> wanted to listen at that point because you know I don't know. I don't know how much I wanted to say about the spoilers, but yeah, I think was the there anything you was really good. liked in the spoilers or any anything seen you thought was really good? No, no, <laughs> no we're running kind of long. All right, we can come back to it later. Maybe on a second viewing, we'll be like, hey, second thoughts on the counselor. But okay, don't invite me. I, <laughs> okay, just I. I, I mean, I'm glad I could serve the podcast here, but I, 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 I God, I don't know. Maybe bring oh, sorry, me to a, maybe bring me to like a next Barney film or something. Okay, all right. Um, many thanks to Aunt Mr. John on Twitter for our music and artwork uh, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds dot com. Let us know what you thought about our segment or about the movie, about whatever. Uh, follow us on Twitter at MFN Podcast. You can find our t- the respective Twitter accounts on MidwestFilmNerds.com, where we also have full show notes for every episode. And uh, I think that's about it. Go watch a movie. Kyle X Y. <laughs>